diarrhea and it's just a and you think it's done but oh, then it's not yeah and then you go to wipe and as soon as you hit the button it's like the soft serve machine mm-hmm. and you get poo on your hands ah good, good old, times good, good times well hey everybody welcome to horror vomit we talk about horror movies so you don't have to my name is chris faff and i am your host and today i have a guest well he's not really a guest he's fucking here all the time uh noted bull wrangler Bull Wrangler. Yeah. Yes, noted Bull Wrangler, James Marino. And today we are talking about 2014's... Housebound. Oh, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Had to steal the thunder. All right. uh, Written and directed by Gerard John Stone, uh, starring Morgana O'Reilly as Kylie Bucknell, Rima T. Wiata as Miriam, Glenn Paul Waru as Amos, and Cameron Rhodes as Dennis. And, and I'm so glad you got to pronounce all of those, because I would have mangled them even worse than you. So, right off the bat, uh, two things, guys. This is a horror comedy out of New Zealand. So, uh, throw if you want to watch this movie, throw them subtitles on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because... I don't know about anybody else, but I couldn't understand a goddamn thing in this film. All the vowels sounded just about alike. So, uh, I, I don't think I really need to ask, but I will anyway. James, how'd you like this movie? I loved this movie. <laughs> this movie's the shit. Not only is it great watching the first time when you're just trying to piece everything together. Yeah. But it stands up to the second time, the third time, and I'm going to be watching it again the fourth time pretty soon. That's how good this movie is. Yeah, this movie is like video lasagna. It gets better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The more you let it sit and ruminate and the more you watch, oh my God. Because there's so many little things that I guess we're getting right into it. Oh yeah. The writing in this film is, it is a blueprint of how to write a screenplay, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Absolutely. And, and, And the acting. The act, all the actors, bar none. Again, it's just, you got a good picker there, Chris. It's fucking fantastic. Because Absolutely. When we first started, when we were looking for movies to do, I sent this to you, and I was like, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of luck with movies that I haven't seen before, but this one doesn't seem like it's going to have any, you know, horrible shit that we refuse to cover. Mm-hmm. And it does have a little bit of racism, which is unfortunate, but it kind of fits the character that it goes with, but. After I started watching this, after we picked it, I realized, like, oh, I've seen this fucking movie. (laughs) That's right, because I confused this with another movie called Stonehurst Asylum. Okay, I'm glad I didn't watch that one. Well, yeah, they're very different names. Yes. But the, uh, like, the clip art, for some reason in my brain, always looks the same. Okay. But, no, this movie is fucking perfect. I know it's going to be kind of <laughs> tough to talk about because I'm just gushing over this thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's not perfect. There are a couple mistakes, but they're very few and far between. Well, I think but, it's because you've watched it a few more times than I have. Yeah. Um, so well, what we were kind of talking about as far as this being like a blueprint to writing a really great screenplay is this movie takes shitloads of twists and turns it ends up, there's no way beginning this film that you would ever guess where it ends. Mm-hmm. And the tonal shifts in this film are so well done that 
again, I think we've talked about it in other films mm-hmm. where it'll go from being kind of silly and then it'll catch you off guard because there are very intense moments in this film. Yes, yes. Um, I noticed that I completely lost that thought. I'm sorry. No, but... uh, And also, everything comes up very organically. There's only a couple p- spots that I kind of thought like, mm, it was forced a little bit but they kind of had to to move the story along like it's gonna be kind of a thing that you run into in almost any story yeah yeah that, I, that involves so many twists and turns and and this wasn't it didn't seem like it was twists for twists sake yes everything that followed was plausible you didn't have to overthink it it it, it, it fit with everything else and it, it just moved that story too without Without being, um, without hammering you over the head. Absolutely, absolutely. Everything was natural. Everything just thing. Everything just flowed naturally in this movie. So, uh, do you want to, or do, would you like me to do just a real quick uh, plot synopsis? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of plot to synopsis there, bud. Well, I know, but this is. I think we talked about it a little bit off mic that obviously we're going to spoil this film. Yeah. But I, I kind of don't want to give away everything and. Us trying to get to everything right. would be fucking impossible. Now, if we're doing a synopsis, where do you want to stop? Where Where do you think we should just, stop? Just an right? overall... All right, all right, fine. I'll do it then. Okay. A young woman, Kylie Bucknell, is arrested. We're told that she's had uh, past convictions that stem from drug and alcohol abuse. And she is remanded to her mother's house for a term of eight months. And things go awry. Super, supernatural forces, or so it seems, mm-hmm. are inhabiting the house. Yes. That is, I, th- I think, just a, a real brief, broad plot. Synopsis. Oh, you, you wanted the elevator pitch. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hence the word brief. Yes. <laughs> like briefs. Mm-hmm. Like nut huggers. <laughs> like around the Describe hip. Describe this film's underwear. <laughs> They're kind of a mesh. No. Slowly. Anyway, um, so we touched on the acting in this film, and it's so goddamn good, and one of the things that I really like also about not only the writing, but the performances, this is something I actually wrote down in my notes, was how do you make the character of Kylie likable? Because she is such an asshole. Oh my god. (laughs) The, the first the first part of this movie, all you want to do is walk up and decker one. Yeah. Just pissing off her mom, just eating all the food in the house, sitting in the living room, drinking beer, letting the fire go out. just And just being a bitch. Oh, taking over the television? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because, all right, so there's the shot where she's sitting, yeah, just sitting in, like, it looks like a beanbag chair, mowing down a plate of something, swigging back beers, and Miriam, her mother, comes home, and, you know, like, Kylie, what happened to the meatloaf for tonight? She's, I don't know. Well, she's sitting there mowing it down, and her mother says something about it. Uh, it's gutted. Like, yeah, it's gutted. A whole meatloaf. And she's, all right, well, I guess I have to go back to the supermarket now. And Kylie responds with, well, I can't go. Like, oh, man, fuck you. Fuck you right up the door. And remember the next day when the wheel grew up at 11? Hey, come on, get up. It's 11. So where else have I got to go? I forgot the line, but where else do I have to go? Oh, yeah. Oh, her mother wakes her up and says, Kylie, are you going to get up? It's 11 o'clock. And she says, oh, I'm late. And her mother says, well, for what? She says, nothing. Absolutely. I mean, stellar again. 
Yeah, she's such a dickhead. And then... And she didn't play it like, I'm a dickhead with redeeming qualities. You no, know what I'm saying? She's, she's a real shitbag. Absolutely. <laughs> and I love that choice. Um, and Morgana O'Reilly... Or, yeah, Morgana O'Reilly. Her facial expressions made this film for me. Her facial expressions were fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, yeah. Well, what I love best about this, this specific character is that for once... You have somebody is not taking shit. Yep. Something gets scary. Fuck running. They, she can't run, obviously, because she's remanded to the house by law. Uh-huh. But she's like, she hears a squeak. She takes the fucking door off the hinges uh-huh. and pops it on the ground. And she, anytime anything is just slightly off, she will stop it completely. And I love that about it. Which, all right, <laughs> I, I want to get into the comedy of this film because oh. this film is very, very funny as well. It has sort of a, like the British humor touch rather than like American humor. And by that, I mean, almost at no point, I think there's one, which is Amos, but nobody like stops to do bits in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's all very organically written as dialogue. And yes. It's so goddamn funny. And it's played straight too. Yeah. Um... The part where Amos is recording in the basement and you just see Kylie standing behind him. Just she has the best what the fuck look that I've ever seen in my life. Yes, yes. I the um that's when he tripped over he was trying to figure out what was going on and tripped over the stuff downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. It was beautiful. We need to talk about the mom for a minute cuz she might be the funniest character in the film. Absolutely, because when when you first hear like all you would just want, I didn't like either one of them when I first started this movie. No, because her mom's kind of a racist. Well, not only that, but she doesn't shut up. She has no clue as to what's going on outside of her own particular conversation, which runs non mother fucking stop. So just to give a brief explanation, she's kind of like any of our mothers almost. She's very oblivious to the outside world pretty much. She's kind of set in her ways and uh kind of dumb. Yeah, not not the brightest uh not no. the brightest no. Nope. But like she's one of those people that like, oh, you can tell she goes to work, pays her bills and she's happy watching her programs on the television. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a very simple woman. <laughs> it's yes. And, and she th- plays she plays just kind of a dipshit so goddamn well absolutely i again the, the commitment that they all put in to their parts and and in addition to the writing i'm trying to like okay one of the highest praises i can do to uh, say about a comedy film is if i'm by myself and i laugh aloud out <laughs> loud i woke up my wife one time i woke up my kids because i'm watching this late at night it's like every five minutes I get a good chuckle or a belly laugh. Like, especially the first scene. Okay. When, he go, when they go, they're going to rob an ATM. This yeah. is how she gets arrested. She's with a, one guy. You never see, never see or hear about him for the rest of the movie, by the way. No, he's just gone. He's gone. So they, he takes a sledgehammer and biffs it on the ATM. The, the, ha- or the, uh, the, the hammer, head. yeah, the head pops him right in the head and just knocks him flat the fuck out. Yeah, because the the sledgehammer bounces us off the ATM, essentially. When it bounces back, you can tell they bought cheap equipment because clearly they're drug addicts. Absolutely. And they bought a cheap sledgehammer in the head, biffs him, breaks his sunglasses in two. But you also can see the resourcefulness of the, the lead actress because 
she wasn't going to take that line down. She took the uh, she took the uh, crowbar uh-huh. and beat in where it was supposed to, and then she drops this dynamite, this yeah, like a pipe bomb, yeah, homemade dynamite into it, lights the fuse before. <laughs> Her accomplice comes to. He's trying to drag him out while the thing is going to explode. She lights the fuse before getting her partner out of harm's way. Mm-hmm. It, w- it was beautiful. It was absolutely wonderful. And then just the static shot of her dragging him by his legs to put him in the car. It's exactly what I would imagine a junkie robbery to be. And they filmed it beautifully. Uh-huh. Because when they pull in, like, the very first shot is them, like, pulling into this driveway and she makes it over that very same hump Mm -hmm. but what happens is she goes to pull out and it's almost like a speed bump and they're driving such a shitty car that it gets stuck on the speed bump you just see her behind the wheel of the car just yelling fuck it was a beautiful shot all right so if we're going to get into the comedy i i noticed something about the comedy in this film i and if you have anything to add at the end of this i'd love to hear it but Here's why the comedy not only worked, but is important. I have three reasons for this. It worked because it was funny. The dialogue itself is just genuinely funny. Uh, two, the comedy in this makes the tense moments more tense because it endears us to the characters. The little quippy lines and funny shit that they say throughout it gives us more insight as to who they are as people. Therefore, when they are in danger, it makes those scenes very, very tense. Because I, I noticed, because I, I didn't care about any of the characters before, and I'm like, are they all going to die? Because that's my first thought if I don't give a shit. Yeah. And it was intentional. Uh-huh. Oh, beautiful. Go ahead. And what the other thing that the comedy, I think, really lends to this film is it makes the fantastical elements a little bit more believable. Because when you look at a film like, say, that we've done, like High Tension, that's very, very serious all the way through, that's why I think the ending didn't work for either of us, because we went back, because it was such a serious-ass film, Mm -hmm. that you look at it very critically. With a goofy-ass movie like this, it kind of takes your mind off of, oh, well, of course there's... Of course this happened. This movie can do whatever it wants now. Because it was... It it lets off the pedal a little bit. Right. And it, it makes us feel a little bit more comfortable. It, it's also used as misdirection. Because I noticed when I watched it the first time, I didn't notice certain elements. Yes. But because we, I was always doubting whether... Is it in her mind? Was she a part of the original school? I couldn't tell if she was the, that young girl older. Uh-huh. I'm, so I'm running through these thousands, so I laugh, and I forget about the shadow. That So there's an actual person there, because you can see the shadow uh-huh. on rewatch. So I'm like, they oh, brilliant. They used it as misdirection. <laughs> I, I wrote down some of my favorite <laughs> comedy moments. Okay. Uh, the first one when we're introduced to Dennis, the counselor. Oh, the yes. first shot is him just rifling through this small briefcase for an inordinate amount of time. And it it cuts back to Kylie sitting in the chair just staring at him like he's a total dipshit. Well, I will say that um, that is almost, in my head, it's almost the same shot. Did you you see Clockwork Orange? Oh, yeah. Okay, remember when the counselor came in to talk to Alex? Uh Uh-huh. At the beginning of the movie before he grabbed his junk? Yes. The same kind of fumbling, the same kind of, and the same kind of insolence from Alex. And I thought it was a nod to Clockwork Orange. But I just found it very funny that he's rifling through this, and it's not like a large briefcase. No, it's, it's just like a, a little, little leather yeah. satchel. Takes him 30 seconds or so to find what he's looking for, and it's just one clipboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
he says something about, you know, it must be nice to be back at home. And she just kind of stares at him like he's an asshole. She says, well, how are you getting along with your mom? She says, great. Says, oh, that's right. She seems like a very, she seems like a very nice woman. <laughs> Kylie's response is, she's a fucking dick. <laughs> I love it. Just to hear a grown woman refer to her mother as a dick, it fucking cracked me up. Uh, no, it was, it was a beautiful <laughs> thing. It was a beautiful thing. It jabbed me right in my jowls. <laughs> mm-hmm. I loved it. Who has not dreamt of saying that to or about their mother? I mean, except for us. We would never say anything untoward about our mothers, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ones is uh, the first time that we get like a real horror element that might be a supernatural element when the hand comes out and reaches Kylie by the ankle. Yes. And her tether is going off. I don't know if we mentioned that she's on a tether, but yeah. Yeah. So she can only go a certain range away from wherever it's set yeah. up. So she goes to the basement and it goes off. And her mom comes back downstairs to tell her, like, tell her off. And she says, Mom, there's somebody in the house. You need to call the police, blah, 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 blah. So they're hearing things upstairs, and they start to walk up the steps. And they hear the footsteps coming closer. So they start, they try to run back down. And Kylie turns around, and her mom is just standing there. And she has to, like, shoo her down the stairs. They're crouching behind, like, the banister. And her mom just looks at her and says, Kylie, I can't stay down here all day. My knees. And while they're just in mortal danger, her mom's still bitching about something. And the look. Again, you were talking about the looks. The look that Kylie gave to her mother. Her what the fuck look. Like, would you shut the fuck up now? (laughs) I can just... Like I said, there's almost at no point does anyone stop to do a bit. Mm -hmm. It's just those little funny moments. Yeah. Yeah. Kylie, I can't. My knees. And just her... Reaction is just, what the fuck are you talking about? We're about to be murdered, and you're going to bitch about crouching? Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, again, we just talked about the opening scene, which is oh, very that. great. Uh, after the scene where they are hearing the steps from upstairs, it was Amos coming by, because Amos is the... Like the security guy that comes around. Right, case. anytime, yeah, anytime there's a, a problem with the tether because he works for the security company that runs the tether. Yeah. So he shows up because the beeper goes off and oh, the mom is trying to explain that, you know, well, sometimes there's irregularities in the house. It, you could say that it's haunted, but... And, I- and you see a sparkle in Amos's eye. But notice that it took almost a good minute and a half for them to get to the word haunted. And it was so beautifully written how she talked around, well, there are occurrences. There yeah. are some irregularities that some could say would be, but I think it's haunted. And Amos still is just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Because she's pussyfooting around it. But immediately when she says, you know, it might be haunted. He gets a sparkle in his eye and pulls out the tape recorder. That was brilliant. And starts talking to these ghosts. And Kylie says, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? And one finger goes up, shush. Yeah. And he stands in this basement and replays the tape of him talking to nothing. And it's played very, very tense. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact he says... You might have already gotten the answer. And he plays the voice with dead air and hissing like there's something in the hiss. Yeah. But I, in my head, the first time I'm listening intensely to the hisses, because remember the Deborah Logan thing, I'm thinking, maybe I can hear something. Uh-huh. Oh. 
No, and that's nah. that's the joke is that it's just dead air and everybody just kind of stands there like well, a bunch of assholes. Just for that, by the way, just for that, fuck you for making me watch this because the director just tricked me and fuck him. I love too. Um, after that, uh, Amos is telling Kylie that you know the biggest danger to supernatural is a closed mind. What are you going to do if a supernatural entity is attacking you? And Kylie just says. I'll smash it in the face. And I love the look on Amos's face because he looks so, I, I want to say a mixture of dejected, irritated, and just, you know, I'm sick of your bullshit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of whispers to her like, while walking away, you can't punch ectoplasm. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I was howling. <laughs> oh, there's one, we'll get to it, but my absolute favorite, funniest part of the movie to me, I, I just can't wait to talk about it. Go on. Oh, okay. Remember when Amos was upstairs and found out the stuff was behind the cupboard and Dennis was standing behind him? Yes. With the knife? Oh. <laughs> I need something to jam this open with. Amos turns around, grabs the knife from Dennis, and says, oh, this won't work. Turns around and throws it right back, right next to Dennis. I thought I was going to die. That was Marx Brothers, that was Three Stooges, that was everything I love in stupid comedies. My, my two oh, and it was organic, by the way. My two favorite comedic moments of this film mm-hmm. both involve the police. The first one, after Dennis like, is supposedly attacked, mm-hmm. the police are interrogating Kylie. You know, it, you had a... He had quite an altercation with Mr. McRandall before this, you know, and he reads back the transcript of what she says. And she walks away, and the police are talking to her mother. And they say, fuck, I wish I'd have written it down verbatim, but... So you're comfortable with proceeding with the report that Mr. McRandall was attacked by a vengeful ghost? And she says, yes. And he goes, okie dokie. And they just leave. That was wonderful. (laughs) Again, it was played so straight and organically that well, it fucking got me. Is the second one the one I, I'm thinking of? Where she, after they run into Eugene, who we'll get into in a minute. Absolutely. She escapes, runs to the police station, and the police tell her, like, hey, aren't you supposed to be on a tether at home? She says, there's a man in my walls, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta get back to my house. And the cop says, so you just left your house and now you want to go back to it. He's <laughs> just so confused. All right, well, we have to fill out a report. We have to fill out a report. She starts going on about, well, I was cleaning the house and I put the vacuum away in the cupboard and there was a man in the walls and he was chasing me and my mom's about to be home. We have to go back to my house because we have to save my mom. Da, 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 da. There's yeah, and the a man. Typing. No, the policeman's typing. He says, cleaning the house, put vacuum back in cupboard. All right, you're going to have to repeat all that because it's a total blur. <laughs> Again, it's not like inherently funny, but it got my fucking goat. Well, again. And then Amos runs in. And this is all in the same scene. Runs in and she says, Amos, we have to go. And he says, yeah, I know. Men in the walls. You have to believe her. <laughs> just <coughs> nonchalantly. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. They're not going to believe you. I, I know the whole story. <clears throat> yeah, there's a man in the wall. She's telling the truth. We got to go. Again. upon first viewing any little deviation my brain went to a completely different spot outside of the humor every time something else came up 
I came up with an entirely new movie. So I got to watch like seven movies in a row because I would make my own stuff up to fill in the gaps until I found out the next bit of information. And then I would make a whole new story of it. That's what was another beauty of this movie. Yeah. It just keeps you rolling. Your brain's rolling the whole first time. And like we said, uh, not only is just the dialogue very well written, but the plant and payoffs in this film are incredible. And as you know, I'm a stickler for... Yes. If I see something, it better pay off. Uh-huh. And everything did. And down to the littlest things, like where she finds the box, and there's the... Like, what is... What was that? Is like a piece of jewelry, like a clock? Well, well, first of all, it looked like... In the bag, it looked like a whole bunch of chains. Some of them silver, some of them rusted. And then there was a fancy watch, which kind of led back to... Remember when she was watching that's, Antiques Roadshow at the where beginning? That's getting to. The, just the small plant and payoffs. That like, oh, why would she know any of the... Oh, that's right, because she was constantly watching Antiques Roadshow. And why? Because she was a thief. And if you're going to fence something, if you know something's worth a little bit more money, I've heard, you <laughs> can sell it for more at the, at the pawn shop or through the fence. Yep. So, again, everything fit... And I love the fact that they made a beautiful use of a very limited space, which, again, was on purpose because they had very limited money for this film. Yes, that is another thing I was going to bring up as far as just, like, how this film works so well is the directing in it is fantastic. And by that, I don't mean... Because we talk have talked a lot about, like, cinematography, cool shots. Right. There's not a lot of, like interesting shots in this film well yes They're and very no sparse. they are but the way they move through the house you never get a hundred percent sense of the layout of the house even though we spend the whole movie in the house yeah the geography is distorted i could never figure out exactly what led to where and how the stairs actually worked and it was beautiful because it kept me guessing too and i it must have been filmed that way on purpose and that's another feat of the directing because as we'll talk about in a minute, Eugene living in the walls. Okay, if you can go inside of the walls in the house, that's basically a second set that you've got in one location. Mm-hmm. It's so well thought out and so well written that oh. it's fucking... Oh, mm. by the way, did you know that the basement scene almost didn't happen? Which one? Any of the basement scenes. Um, they, they had scouted out the location beforehand... And then the person with that basement agreed to let them film, and then they didn't. Well, they ended up selling the house during the production, so they got the new owners to agree to let them film in that basement. Nice. So I just thought that was kind of a neat... I, didn't, I was like, wow, I finally found one fact about this movie because it was so hard to find anything really written about this movie because, well, I guess Netflix is what made it popular now again. Yeah. Or was it already a cult film that Netflix brought? I think it was just a film that Netflix had. Again, kind of like the taking a Deborah Logan. I believe that's where I saw it, and it wasn't that long after it came out. But this is one of those movies that it just seems to be kind of forgotten. Mainly, I think it's because it's a foreign film. Mm-hmm. And it's still in English, but Plus foreign I, films What else came really out in 2014? Off. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm sorry. Taking of Deborah Logan, I believe. Oh, absolutely. And so it was fighting against that in the box office. I mean, obviously it's going to be overshadowed. <laughs> yeah. You know, comedies always lose. But, no, just the... <laughs> All right, so I guess we should kind of explain what happens um, since we've gotten this far. Okay, can we spoil now? Because I'm itching to talk about yeah. all and this again, if you, shit. If you've made it this far, I guess, and 
keep going if you haven't seen the film, but I really recommend watching this because we're kind of going to, I assume we're going to do it a uh, disservice. I will explain to everybody that we are going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. So either watch it or listen and enjoy. So the tonal shifts in this film, again, it goes along with the plot mm-hmm. because this starts out as a supernatural film, mm-hmm. moves into a thriller, moves into a slasher. And then an action film yep. and a heist film. Uh-huh. Oh, and then it, oh, The Great Escape. I mean, there's all that in there. So they find out from Graham, who is the stepfather, or Morgana O'Reilly finds out that her mother told her that it was a bed and breakfast mm-hmm. that they had bought from the owners. Turns out that it was a halfway house. and uh, But it was a psychiatric halfway house for, yes. for you know kids that are psychotic. Yes. Or that kind of thing. It wasn't just a, oh, you know, you had a few beers and, well, we're going to have you at the halfway house before you come home. No. Yeah. So they discover that a girl was murdered there. She was, fuck, I can't even remember how Stabbed like 67 times. Yeah, I knew it was in the 60s. With with like a meat fork. Uh Uh-huh. A meat fork and then she was bitten and there was something else. I don't remember, but I remember I remember the 67 and the bitten because the bitten becomes very, very, very important. Yeah. So they think it's the neighbor because he's such a fucking creep and there's always a bad smell wafting from his house. Of course, the guy kills and, uh, kills and skins possums in his backyard. Uh-huh. And uh, they've got a term for those kind of people over there. They call them boggins, which is basically um, New Zealand for trailer trash. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So they decide to break into this neighbor's house. Well, wait, wait, we, we, we skipped a scene. Go ahead. The reason they're looking at the neighbor now is because um, this is why I still thought it was supernatural at the time. So I, yeah, I need a sign of, you know, of some, if you want me to help you. And this retainer falls all the way down a bunch of pipes and into an old cold stove. Yeah. Pulls it out. And notices that the neighbor has a retainer after reading a bunch of files saying that they think the killer might have had a retainer or left a retainer or something. Yeah, it's a, like a dental plate. Yeah. Like a couple of teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So notices that the neighbor has a retainer. <laughs> I love that part too because Amos says something about like, I forget the girl that was murdered. I want to say like Elizabeth. We'll just say Alyssa. Elizabeth. Something like that. Yeah. You know. Oh, well, it might have been her dental plate. <laughs> I just love her response of, how many 15-year-old girls do you know with dentures? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, again, just those little quippy moments that well, make the, me laugh so goddamn hard at this Although, film. now that I'm thinking about it, and since we're going back and forth, it bothered me Amos waffled every other scene. Like he I, was either dead set, yes, there are ghosts, or dead set, you're a fucking drug addict and you're crazy. Yeah, I, I have a couple things about that. Okay, we'll, I, we'll get back to it. Okay. So... Fuck, where were we? Oh, they, we were back they to, break into the neighbor's house. Right, because knows, she knows he sleeps till 2. He's got a call in. I think he was trying to distract them or something. What? Wasn't uh, Amos going to make a phone call or do something to distract while she went into the house? No, he says that he can give her about three minutes before it would have been the response time for her bracelet going on. Gotcha. Which leads to, a, again, a very intense scene where Amos gets stuck in a bear trap. And they have to drag like a, a pickup truck's uh, mm-hmm. like bed topper. Yes. Over him. Yes. And then he calls her and says, calls uh, Kylie and says, 
get in the house and hide. He's got a gun. A gun. Well, which leads to two scenes, but yes. But we forgot about my the scene that just blew my mind. She was in the house. She saw newspaper clippings about the death next door. Uh-huh. This guy is sleeping on the couch. Now, <laughs> somewhere in this brilliant mind of hers, she, dis- she looks at him sleeping with his mouth open. Do you see where this is leading? Leans in with her thumb and forefingers, digs into his mouth to pull the denture plate out. <laughs> Gets the denture plate out. And drops it. <laughs> and drops it. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. All right, so... I could not mention that, though. That was... Yeah, it was super gross. (laughs) I know, but I'd never seen anything quite like in a movie, which made it, in my head, when you're you're a panic situation, you do stupid shit. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the single stupidest thing you could do, but I'm thinking, panic mode, oh my God, but you want to prove this murder, but you want... Yoink. Yep. (laughs) Run. So, Kylie finds out from Graham that essentially from Graham she confronts her mother about that it wasn't a bed and breakfast it was a psychiatric hospital for children and that a girl was murdered there in so, my you should have seen Kylie's face too in my room yeah murdered in my room so they go Amos breaks into the house as well and runs into the neighbor the neighbor explains to him who Eugene is mm-hmm. Eugene was dropped off at his house by a woman that he was sleeping with and he had a professional acquaintance mind you yes a professional acquaintance and he has some abnormalities he's very agoraphobic doesn't go outside but he's a tinkerer he can take anything apart put it back together again and Maybe add a few improvements. Eugenized. Eugenized. Oh, that was brilliant. But that that we missed a scene. I'm not trying to go through the fucking scenes, I know, but man. It was I'm brilliant. trying to get the goddamn point of what happens across. I know, but this shows a character growth. This is a character arc that starts go, with that. Then fucking say it. Okay. So she gets the phone call from Amos that the neighbor's coming over and he's got a gun. So she's panicked. She hears somebody come in the door. She grabs like the pinking shears, you know, like brush shears. Uh-huh. And as soon as she sees anybody, stabs them. She stabs Graham right in the guts. Just yep. boom. Blood spilling out. And um, the next scene, they're at the hospital. And that, that leads up to her cleaning because she was guilt cleaning. Yes. This is where her character starts to turn around and we she stops being such a shitbag. God damn it, where was it? All right, so she... Fuck, where were we? We were... You son of a bitch. No, right right after Graham got Graham got stabbed, and then we went to... Yeah, Amos breaks in. The neighbor tells him about what's going on. Oh, Eugene, and we get to see Eugene's room? Yes. So she's putting the uh, vacuum back, breaks through the wall, finds Eugene's kind of lair, and she peeks through the walls, sees him. She ducks down, peeks back through the wall. He's gone. This is a shot that I thought was excellent, is his head peering through the insulation. Because Eugene is a man who's been living in their walls since he was a small, small child mm-hmm. who also witnessed the murder that had happened there. Which is a big point of contention in this movie, too. Yes. And then he chases her out like a maniac. So this is when it turns into the 90s thriller. And like, oh, shit, there's a guy in the walls and he's here to kill them. Just like Bad Ronald. Yep. And... So they go back to the house, 
and here's one of the inconsistencies that we'll get into more a little bit is they realized that Dennis, the counselor, had previously worked there and that they think he's the one who killed the girl. Right, but didn't we get a, a little bit longer thinking it was Eugene? Yes, but again, I'm trying to get through oh, sorry. <laughs> this in a timely manner just so we can give a, a, a more in-depth plot synopsis. Okay. But yes, so essentially they find out Dennis is the murderer and turns out, nope, he wasn't. Or, yes, he was. It wasn't Eugene. And Eugene has been kind of looking out for them the entire time. And Which explains earlier scenes when, like when he popped his head out yeah. trying to help her. Yes. So, <laughs> that, that's essentially who the character of Eugene and Dennis are. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> the end is when it turns into a slasher, too, because Dennis turns into the stand-in for, like, a Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees. Mm -hmm. He is fucking unkillable. <laughs> Until he it? isn't. <laughs> and, oh, that shot. But I really we'll get love, to that. I really love the uh, fake-out death with Dennis. Mm -hmm. Because he chases them all the way up onto the roof, and she kind of pushes him, and he's hanging off the edge. And, and she he, wings that big tile at him. Yeah, he's trying to crawl back up, and she kicks, like, a big, like, fucking... Like, rock shingle loose. Yeah, it's those big terracotta shingles. Yeah, yeah, terracotta. That was the word I was looking yeah. for. And frisbees it into his fucking face. A beautiful shot. It looked real. It really looked real. Again, yeah, that was one of the few, like, artistic shots that I noticed that was very good. So they wing him in the face. They show him laying on the ground. They go back in, and her and her mother are arguing about what they should do about calling the police. And then all of a sudden, Kylie just catches a straight left to the face. Knocks her right the fuck, fuck out. <laughs> Gets mom with the with the phone cord, which uh -huh. is very fitting considering her mom was on the phone all the time. Yep. It's like, shut up. And so, yeah, he's strangling her. Eugene wakes her up and hands her... The meat fork. The meat fork. Don't think... <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it because the one was stabbed with the... You know, the girl was stabbed with the meat fork. Yep. Pops it right under Dennis's chin. Bam! And then we see that there's something attached to the meat fork. It's a long line of wires leading to like a machine that Eugene has set up where he flips a switch. And I don't even think Dennis says anything. He just goes, oh! And, and it scanners. <laughs> Boom! His, his head pops like a fucking balloon full of blood. <laughs> It was amazing. It is so goddamn good. That one picture of the, that one picture of the mom just sitting there, blood spattered face. And then when when um Morgan what's her butt spits out that piece of head. Yep. I thought I was gonna die because it was equal parts disgusting and hilarious. And Again, one of my favorite scenes. And another thing leading into the mother not really knowing anything about the world. When, when Kylie's getting her bracelet off at the very, very end, Amos has got like these pair of scissors. Just, they're videotaping it like it's a child's birthday party. Is that all you're going to use? Just the scissors? <laughs> um, yeah, usually. Yeah. Well, what do you do with it when it's done? He's like, we just throw it in the fucking trash. Yeah. <laughs> the, so the camera cuts out. And she's like, Kylie's like, well, what the fuck? You must have pushed a button. Yeah. Cameras don't just turn off by themselves. And then the power cuts out. Yep. And 
She's like, oh, well, the battery's gone flat. I had it on the charger all night. And the last line of the film is just, Eugene. <laughs> it ends like a fucking 70s sitcom. Oh, it was, again, another one of the beautiful homages that this movie made. It's so fucking good. Here's, I love the, the outfit, though. Remember the cheese grater? Oh, my fucking God. The cheese grater is a gauntlet, the yeah. knife, and all. Man. It was, it was beautiful. And have you ever caught yourself on a cheese grater? The minute they brought that cheese grater out, I cringed. And when she used it on old boy's face, because I have more knuckle scratches I, from cheese graters, and I... Uh, yeah, I uh, it gave me the spilkus at an old job. I was sweeping and they had a uh, cheese grater hanging up on a wall, and I caught it with the oh. back of my knuckles on a backswing. That shit took like two months to heal up because it's an ugly cut. There's nothing. There's yeah, all it irregular takes chunks out of you. <laughs> it is harsh, and I'm I'm having a moment. Ugh. Yeah, cheese grater was an excellent choice for people who's I've ever worked in kitchens. Uh-huh. So. We've talked about all the, not all of the, but a lot of the genuinely like frightening, tense, and funny moments. I gotta be honest, I almost like I had a tear welling up when uh, Eugene, mm-hmm. when he was showing her the pictures. Yes. Because all right, the scene where they, uh, Eugene helps them get away from Dennis, who's rampaging through the house. They're holed up like in an attic house or like an yeah, attic in his room. little loft room. Yeah, that yeah. He had built up there. Oh, which leads me to remember the one part I've got to talk about this because we, we forgot about the big Jesus. Yep. And so, how, how um, Eugene hides mm-hmm. and how it fits with the rest of the movie. Sorry. So she's kind of giving Eugene a bunch of shit and he hands her like a first aid kit because Dennis stabs her in the leg. And Miriam, the mother, just goes, tell him thank you. She's like, what? Oh, the face tell him again. Tell fucking thank you. And so they get into this big argument and she's, you know, you're always antagonizing people. Just stop it. Because she is, she's been an asshole throughout this entire film. Mm -hmm. And it comes back, cuts, she says something about, you want me to have any respect for this little fucking worm or whatever she says, some of those lines. And it comes back to look at Eugene and he's just got his headphones on watching TV again. And it Mm -hmm. was so good because he's heard them fight so much throughout the years that he's learned to just tune it out. I didn't even think Since about that. Been, that's, again, one of those levels of writing that was so good. And he starts to show her photos. Or not photos, No, hand-drawn pictures, pictures. Pictures that he's drawn. Which you think are going to go in a direction. Yeah. Because you saw, this is a picture of you. This is a picture of you in the bath. Yep. That she was says, a funny moment. It's like, that's the only one. <laughs> yeah, she says, it's going to be a lot like this? And he says, no. And he starts showing her pictures that he drew. You know, this is your first day of school. This was, there's a whole bunch of things, but this is when you punched your mom in the face. Which is, added something we didn't even, I didn't even think about. I just thought it was like a verbal whatever. And yeah. when I heard you punched your mom in the face, I'm like, ooh. This is you not feeling so good about it. And oh. this is the day that you left. And mm-hmm. this is us waiting for you to come home. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I, I did I, tear up. I, I, I fucking almost welled up. Be- no, I did. There was the other line too. She's given him a bunch of shit about, well, you saw the murder and you did fucking nothing. And he looks at her and just in the most fragile voice says, I was only small, Kylie. I was a child. And like I said, man. And then I, I thought they well would blame up. me. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
Holy fuck! How did you guys pull an emotional response like that? Especially with the the way the only I have one little thing they they cartoon him up a little bit too much. Yeah, but that's where I said the comedy in this film leads into us more believing the fantastical elements. Because right. Because yes, he is just this pale white. He's got almost like an afro that's just mm-hmm. covered in drywall dust. And black, almost circular, complete circle black on his eyes. and almost looked like a raccoon. I was like, come on. And he's got the David Bowie eyes. Yeah. I forget the medical term it's for like it. It's like diachromatism or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he, he does look a little ridiculous. But again, I think having the comedy in this film prior to that really lends itself to this because... Oh, I remember. You know what all I could think of when I saw seriously. him? He looked like the borrowers. Mm, the borrowers were like these little mice people that lived in your walls it was a kid's book but the way that he he kind of timid and mousely moved around yeah he was totally the borrowers so he, we we've been praising this film i do want to bring up a couple things that i found in it uh a little bit of like forced plot elements or character inconsistencies when she finds the box in the vent okay I, I didn't follow... I felt like that was just kind of thrown in there. They didn't give us too much. Well, no, here, here's the deal. I think because the way I watched it, or the way I felt, was that Eugene was leading her with the moto rings, and he, she could hear it from the vent. Yeah. And it was like Eugene drew her there to find it. Right. Uh, again, I'm just saying, that's how it felt to me. These are, these are all nitpicky things of mine, because I, I watch a lot of movies. So I, I, I didn't want to come in and give this a 10, because I'm one of those assholes right. that has to find something. But I will say this. Um, I tend, if I really like a movie, to try to make it work in my head again. So yeah, I just forgive it immediately, because <laughs> I like the rest of it. I know, so. but I want to make it right so that I can like it even more. Uh, here's uh, one of the big character inconsistencies that I found is they talk about how the neighbor has pulled guns when he comes over and he runs out of the house with a gun after they had broken in the first time. When Amos breaks in and he comes out, the neighbor just kind of tells him about Eugene. I I found that to be kind of an inconsistency in his character because he was this gruff, leave me alone, stay away from me. But now this happened after... After... She tried to or yank the thing out of his mouth, knew he was nosing around the house. He's like, look, we got to get this right. Either we get this right right now. Right, but I don't think a guy like that, from all the character that we had learned up to that point, that seemed very inconsistent that he would just have a casual conversation. Because he seems like one of those standoffish hillbillies, don't come to my house. And somebody running out of his home, it seems yeah. like that character would have probably killed him. yeah. Or cut some rock salt, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, Another one that I thought was kind of rushed, again, this is just kind of nitpicky, was how they find out about Dennis's past, where she immediately goes to the basement, starts flipping through records, and finds something pretty immediately. But but she'd been through the records before, and maybe she kind of half-assed saw the name, didn't put two together. Right, but again, I thought it was kind of thin. Yeah. I was willing to forgive it. They, They did some of the work. But it was kind of unclear how they exactly how they landed on that. I know she found the piece of paper with the incident report, but again, they're leading up to that. I thought it was a little thin. And the other thing that really kind of bothered me was uh, 
Amos's behavior after they leave the police station. And you had mentioned this too, that Amos's character kind of waffles back and forth. Oh, hard. Because he runs into the police station and tells them, you know, what she's saying is true. And then when they get back to the house, he makes no attempt to stand up for her. About, no, we should break down this wall because there probably is, there is a man living in the walls. Because Eugene has fixed up all the holes in the walls that yeah. she made escaping his clutches the first time. Well, and what threw me too is, and it didn't occur to me the first time I watched it. Remember when the computer broke down? Uh-huh. Then the computer was working later and I didn't put two and two together. Eugene fixed it. Eugene fixed it. Yeah. And so, that's how she was able to get the information about uh, Sunnyvale or whatever it was called. Sunshine Academy. Sunshine Grove. Sunshine Grove, yeah. Yeah, Sunshine Grove. Yeah. So, like I said, all in all, I th- that's just me being kind of nitpicky. Well, there was, or again, not understanding. I felt kind of forced at the very beginning. Like, okay, when Amos did his big switch from, it was a comedic moment, okay? He went to switch from, okay, whatever, to, oh, there's a ghost. Click, I'm a ghost hunter. Yeah. That there was no lead up to that. There was no like you didn't see paranormal times in his back pocket or something. It seemed a little forced and rushed. Considering this movie was two hours long, see, I, I actually or a little out longer than usual. I did like that part because that was just them introducing a new facet to the character. In in my opinion, mm. the th- part that wouldn't have made sense is why he would have shown up with his tape recorder ready to go. Because I wouldn't think that a security guy would carry that around with him all the time. I would think that he would only carry it when investigating. Yeah, incident reports, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but yeah, that because was just kind was... of a way to shove it in there. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean... But add that to the waffling later, and it just kind of threw me out of his character. Yeah, because there's that part where after she's found the dental plate in the stove and the box and the thing, she's showing Amos all of this, and he says, mm, I don't know, seems thin. <laughs> and he was willing to believe everything else before that. Yeah. But th- when presented with actual honest-to-God evidence, he's like, meh. Yeah. So, yeah. like I said, I, I want to say this movie's perfect. It's not. There are a few small things. But, again, I think that's just us really nitpicking. Yeah, well, let's take a look at it. When I, when I objectively look at it, the first time I watched the movie, it was perfect. Yes. Upon rewatching, then I started picking nits. Yeah. But yeah, but besides the nit, nitpicking aside, I can't wait to watch this movie again. I told my <laughs> wife, "It's like, honey, when I get home, we're gonna watch this movie." Because she checked out, she checked out when the animatronic bear started talking. Because she's got this doll thing. That's another part that I didn't really need. It did tie up the loose ends. Well, actually, in my head, I thought it was going to be a possessing entity that only worked through electricity, which was one of my theories. <laughs> so the, the talking animatronic bear made sense from a possession standpoint if we thought of possession through electrics. Because yes. everything was happening with the electric. It tied in, obviously, with the plot. But like I said, I made seven different movies just in my head trying to fill in gaps. And it was also funny because... We talked about the scene where Amos is lecturing her about, you know, what are you going to do against a paranormal entity if you have a closed mind and you're not prepared? And she says, I'll smash it in the face. When this bear starts going off, that is the first thing she does is just smashes it in the face. Yeah, she pops it into the dresser drawer and pounds its head. Pound, the boom, shit boom. out of it. And then throws it in the fireplace and burns it. <laughs> yeah. I've, who does it? Because in my head... 
when I was first watching it, it's a possessed toy. If you throw it in the fire, you're extra fucked. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she did it. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because I didn't know where this movie was going. Yeah. yeah. Again, I just think it was that smart little writing of him saying like, you can't punch ectoplasm. ectoplasm. You know, just yeah. like, what's your defense against it? I'll smash it in the face. And it seems to work out for her pretty well. Yeah, she's pretty adept at smashing shit in the face. <laughs> but, oh man. All in all, this is a fucking A-plus movie. Absolutely. I liked it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I would, I would go see this. In fact, I would love to see this on a big screen. Oh, that'd be amazing. Because I've been watching all these movies on my phone. <laughs> and I think it would add a whole new level for me. Yeah. If I could see it on a big screen once. Yeah. Like I said, man, I, I don't have... I don't have anything else to say about this movie except for goddamn, is it good? We could talk about a thousand more, a thousand more minutes just on plot points yeah, yeah, and yeah. little bitty details, but that's not what this is about. No, we just this love is, this movie. This is just a glowing recommendation. Absolutely. All right, should we start wrapping this up? I think we've said about as much as we need to say about Housebound. Alrighty, James, you got anything to plug? Not this week, but I am about two weeks out from starting my own podcast with my oldest called The Ride Home with Knuckles and Dad. So, Ooh. Woo-hoo. So we're going to see how that works. Um, apparently, my oldest knows how to edit. Oh. So, yay me. I can just show you how to edit. <laughs> no, I don't want to know so that my oldest will do it and I will not have to do ah, it. fair. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, just you're kidding. Fu- you're not listening, right? Piece of shit. I'm going to throw that in there. <laughs> fair enough. A little cherry on top. Um. You can find us on all the socials at Horror Vomit. You can send us an email at horrorvomitpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, they're allowing pictures again, by the way. Oh, that's what I say. The OnlyFans reneged on their uh No nudity policy, yeah. So uh, you can still go check out my OnlyFans, uh, <laughs> Dr. Pissface. That's D-R-P-I-S-S-F-A-C-E. Or you can ask Chris personally. He'd probably just show it to you anyway. Yep. Any time of the day. I know. Oh, uh, we also uh, we have something special kind of coming up. We're doing a little uh, little crossover with another podcast. Say what now? Yeah, uh, we'll have more details later. We were supposed to do it next weekend, but uh, there was some COVID concerns on their end, so we're postponing it just a little bit. But uh, yeah, we got fun stuff coming up. Well, I'm excited, James. What are we doing next? Huh? I don't remember. I say this is an audio medium speak. Indeed. I have no recollection. Oh, good. Because we haven't figured it out yet. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, actually, I, I asked a friend of mine who's a, uh, he's a mortician. And I asked him, I said, like, if you wanted me to review any single solitary movie, what would it be? And it, obviously, the movie's called Mortuary. Re- oh, I was going to say Reanimator. But yeah, Mortuary is fine. It was from 1980. I, I know. Yeah. What, I've seen it. I have not. It's fine. Oh, let's not do that one then. Uh, it's fine. We should. It'll Aggressively fine. fine? I don't know. Who cares? Let's, let's do it. Let's just be done. Okay. All right. Good night. Um, bye, everybody. Bye.